universe. Not just Earthlings, but universe. Oh, we've gone, we've gone intergalactic now. That- intergalactic planetary. <laughs> Welcome to the Theology Pieces podcast, where we hope to rebuild your theology that the church, the world, or somebody has shattered pieces. We are your hosts, Slim and Malcolm. And today's podcast is sponsored by... Christian nationalism. Because ain't no party like a, well, ain't no nation like a Holy Ghost nation. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we're doing oh, things God, that one ain't time. No party. I mean, that's what the, re, there really ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, but there's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Gosh, that did not work out as well as we thought. Okay, we're going to work on that. We thought, let's come up with some fake sponsors. We didn't think of this. <laughs> We all know don't, whose idea don't, this was. Don't, don't, don't bring... We all know. Don't point fingers here. We all know. Don't point fingers here. We all know. <laughs> um, so if you have some ideas on some fake sponsors, let us know. Uh, but today we are going to... Uh, last week we actually covered uh, that great question, what is the best denomination? And today we thought, let's follow it up with what is the best Testament Uh-oh. of the Bible. Uh-oh. This is an important discussion, an important debate. Uh, we will let you know so you can pick which one to read and which one to discard at the end of this episode. Yep. Um, but before we get there, Malcolm, as always, what's new in your life? Come on. Share share a little. Not much, man. Ah, uh, boo. Kids are kids are kids are <laughs> sick. I'm trying to not I'm trying to not get sick. I got a sermon to preach. Work to do. <laughs> What can't you, have can can't have pestilence. Can't have pestilence slow me down. <laughs> I remember you teaching your your daughter Jasmine. To yeah, say during pestilence. COVID. During COVID, <laughs> one of the one of the first things, one of the first kind of phrases I wanted to teach her besides racial capitalism was uh, <laughs> was when we were all sick. I told her. I was like, if somebody asks about our household, say that it's riddled with pestilence. And so I have videos of, of me saying, hey, Jasmine, this house is riddled with, and then she says, pestilence. It's great. Uh, Super cute. That That is amazing. That's awesome. Super cute. Love it. Uh, well, our family just went camping this past week, um, and which is why we're recording this podcast a lot later than normal. Um, and uh, Malcolm, you're not a camping person, are you? Sure am not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, ch- to just uh, go out in the woods and uh-huh. no, no, I'd I'd have a home. <laughs> <laughs> That's all camping is. It's just and I, a home and I enjoy it. And every spot, air conditioning, plumbing. Uh huh. It's they're 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 blessings, blessings from the Lord. Yeah. Well, um, I agree. Uh, I think I think I think the the Israelites did the the feast of booze or the feast of tents uh, every year to remind them that. Uh, this world is not their home, and that's what camping's supposed to be. It's supposed to re- be a reminder look, that this world is look, not our home. I'll go glamping. <laughs> so so we, we've actually adjusted to that. We we we've, I used to start out roughing it, and just with kids, it's just like, oh, mm. it's more and more difficult. So we added stress. T- today, this past week was, was glorious. Let me tell you real quick. One, uh, uh-huh. the, the, the worst camping experience okay. was uh, when I was in North Carolina. We lived in, in Asheville, North Carolina. It was like a five-minute drive to the, the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, and the Appalachian Mountains there, and I had some friends who were meeting me up there, and they got they got out there a little bit early, um, around four. I probably was like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll meet you there, and I had my two year old Knox with me. Oh boy, two years old, maybe one and a half. I can't remember exactly, but we'll say two to be safe. And I couldn't find them. 
So I park where they parked, and I, I hike the trail, and I must have missed the turn, and I could not find them. And then, as you, if you've ever been camping, the, the sun goes down, you better find a place to, to be mm. quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could not find them. And so all I did I did was set up a tent that I brought, thankfully, and I made a little fire and uh, brought whatever food I, I had for myself and for Knox. And we just we just camped in the woods by ourselves, which, you know, doesn't seem like a big deal. But in those mountains, oh there's gosh. a lot of bears. Oh, my god! And that night, I kid you not, that night we were in our tent and there was a bear outside our tent. Thankfully, Knox was asleep. Nah, bro. No, I, I didn't. I didn't open the tent to nah, like to, to double check, Mm-mm. but I I heard a, the, the crunching of the leaves, Mm-mm. and then I hear <sighs> like just Look. like the breathing, the heavy breathing right outside our tent, and I was like shivering. It's a good thing fear. that bear wasn't on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, be, it, we'd, we'd be having a different kind of conversation. That's a very good point. <laughs> when you ever go camping, make sure you don't bring cocaine for your bears. This for is your, not an advertisement for the movie Cocaine Bear. It's this just, is not. It's just what initially just what <laughs> popped into my head at that, that time. Ridiculous. Um, and then I just another good fun question I thought I'd ask out there um, for you, for people get to know you. Malcolm, do you have any pet peeves? Mm-hmm. I didn't ask him this ahead of time. No, this is why right, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. So you can think about it. Uh, so, a pe- well, th- I'll give you an old pet peeve of mine, and it's funny how the sometimes these these transition. Uh, when I was younger, when people said this phrase, it it just made me so angry. Uh, they said people would um, would around me were always like, "Well, if you see it that that, that way, that's good for you, but not for me." And I was like, wait, 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 what? Like, no, there's only one way to see things. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the, the 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 gray middle, the let's ag- – oh, here's the – here it is. Sorry. Let's it, agree it took to me disagree. Second. Yes, that was the phrase let's that killed me. Disagree. Let's agree to disagree. And as, as, a, as a young fundamentalist uh, black and white thinker, I could not stand that phrase. I was like – App, or absolutely not. There is one right way. Two plus two is always four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was I was appalled that people would think otherwise. Um, and as I've gotten older and as I've tried to argue <laughs> those debates, I'm just like, oh, you know, let's just agree to disagree. <laughs> I just so got worn down. So, yeah, so what you're saying is in your old age, you just got lazy and didn't want to fight anymore. I, at some point you go like, I mean, especially as parents, you're like, you know what, I... We're just not having this so, discussion. So I, so I, I mean, you know, I had my, I had my young fundamentalist days too. I, I, I don't think I got a. Uh, you never I, gave up on it. I don't think. <laughs> no, that's not what I was gonna say. It was, it was more of a, uh, it was more of a like I, I found that there's just that there's just much more gray than I want to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then I want to be comfortable with, which is probably something that I knew back then, but just constantly denied. And then, and then, but now, especially when you get into folks, especially when you get into folks' lives, especially when, at least for me, it's been kind of history and theology. You start to see, yeah. Um, you start to see just kind of how how gray how gray things how gray things can get. I mean, there yeah. are still like there are some things that I'm there are a number of things that I'm still very black and white about, right? Um, right. Because we should be, but. Um, but then there are other things that, um, there are other things about which I am much less dog- dogmatic. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I'm, think I, of I still believe I'm mathematically still two plus two 
is four. Yeah, it, 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 and it is, and it is often the case that two plus two is four. Wait, 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 wait! You're arguing against that. There's sometimes that two no, plus two is not. No, I was, I was being, uh, I was, uh, I was hedging. I was going back to my old days. I, what? <laughs> I was hedging. I can't think of a circumstance in which two plus two isn't four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, write in at hello at theologypieces.com and tell us the case when that happens that two plus two is not quantum. Four. I mean, quantum theory will, will will undermine basically everything that we, but we, that's why we don't talk oh about it. Gosh, are you talking it's about Ant Man? What are you like, talking about over here? It's like Bruno. We don't we don't we don't talk about quantum theory <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay. Uh, did you do you have a a pet peeve? No, now? I don't. I'm trying. You get, I, is is it being asked that, questions you gave me last all that minute? Time. Yeah. Is, okay, that's a pet peeve. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Asking me questions last minute on a podcast that we said I wasn't going to have to prep for. That's what. That's my pet. That's my pet peeve. That's my pet peeve. My co-pastor trying to trip me up. That's a that's a pet peeve. I'm glad I could uh, provide yeah. a, an you, avenue Slim. for people to know. Uh huh. So just don't invite Malcolm on a podcast. Yeah. Um, there we go. <laughs> All right, now now we've talked oh through those important matters. Um, let's do everyone's favorite um, segment here at Theology Pieces, and let's talk about terrible tweets. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, one uh, that I'll hit on this week, and then we can talk about maybe one from last week uh, is. Uh, this is from Krish Gundu, and it, the tweet says, We've criminalized the poor, we've criminalized the unhoused, we've criminalized the hungry, and now we're criminalizing humanitarians. Oh, boy. And it's a, it, it links an article uh, in Houston where volunteers are, have, were now getting ticketed and cited for volunteering to feed the poor mm. and the homeless. So not only are we, are we criminalizing the poor, we're criminalizing the unhoused, the hungry. We're now criminalizing people who are trying to help them. What are they being ticketed for? For for f- put feeding feeding homeless I guess, I guess outside of a, outside of a it's outside of a, a I think a library, huh? Out of a Houston library, yeah, huh? Isn't that ridiculous? So, so, but I, I'm trying to understand the I'm trying to understand the logic. The, the logic it. I'm the, guessing it's because they're like, oh, that now more homeless will be yeah, in the library. Uh huh. They're all gonna hang out in the library or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is yeah. this, it's it's, it's that, I, that pissed that oh yeah. <laughs> that that got me angry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, kids. Um, that was angry. So slim, yeah, that's that's oh, and so it's interesting because like li- like libraries are probably some of the last remaining like real public public goods, right? that have uh, resisted the encroachment of neoliberal capitalism mm. in the sense <laughs> that like you can go, like you go to a library and you just exchange, like you don't have to pay to be at a library. And yeah. one of the things that we've, that we've seen over the last, especially over the, over the course of the last 30, 40 years is a privatization of all of these, of all of these goods that I think should be, should be experienced by, by everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but libraries, there's one place where like, there's just a bunch of books and you can just, you can just be there and not and not be expected to spend money or whatever. Like there, there, there are just so few of those of those spaces where you can just be and not be expected to and not be expected to pay. No, that's its own point. No, um, but uh, but yeah, you know, as 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 some folks will say about those who, about kind of um, 
loving loving those who are experiencing homeless homelessness. Like what we need are just more homes, uh, and mm. and for and for like the, like it's 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 one of these things where and the, I've been thinking about this when we think about kind of what what humans need in needing food, clothing, and shelter. Like those are things for me, and this is this is this is me. Granted, this is you know socialist me but <laughs> but like i'd like those are just things that people should have basic human rights there's basic you yeah. should like there yeah. there there is a there is an assumption um i mean i think there's i mean there's just there's just an assumption that you have to be a particular kind of participant in a, in our economy to deserve those kinds of things i'm like no as like as a human being like that's that's right. what you need to be able to that's right. what you need to be able to function um you know it's one of the reasons why that um uh, when 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 parents got that child, that child credit during um during COVID, yeah, and it removed and, and it and, and it removed a wide swath of child poverty. Like think like think of the children that are that are that that suffer in our current system because because we have this assumption that for you to eat or have clothing or have shelter, you have to play a particular role in the in the mm. economy. Mm. Anyway. Um, all of that is just to say it's, it's also like, it's ridiculous for people to be penalized for feeding people just at a, at a root level. But there are also layers to what's to, to the kind of system that makes that, that makes that kind of thing possible. Yeah. Malcolm, uh, uh, what was the word, uh, facilitated a discussion, uh, that, uh, our, uh, community liaison at Mosaic, uh, Mo put on, uh, uh, couple weeks ago and uh, it had a a little panel discussion um, for uh, Black History Month and one of the questions was uh, if you had a hundred million dollars or whatnot I feel like forget the the amount um, what would you use it for to to accomplish and um, everyone went down the the line and right next to me I was on the panel but next to me was uh, Judge Lee and and he talked about you know, eliminating homelessness about, you know, providing housing um, and affordable housing um, for every single person. And I said the same thing. I was like, that was going to be my answer because that is such a hindrance uh, to people's flourishing is to have to constantly pay that mortgage, that rent, uh, that, that never, it never goes away. Um, And then for those who can't even afford that, they can't even afford affordable housing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, the other terrible tweet. Dun, dun, dun. I, I I hesitate, but I feel like we we should because it was just so terrible. It's uh, just from last week. I think it happened the the day this this podcast came out last Thursday, um, or maybe it was Wednesday. Um, was when the Gospel Coalition, dun dun dun, 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 dun the Gospel Coalition, um, came out with a tweet that um, the with an article, and the tweet on the article was uh, by a pastor. Uh, Joshua Butler, uh, pastor in Arizona, and it said, "Sex won't save you, but it'll point to the one who will." Which just from yep. the from the get go, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> like "Oh boy, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not gonna be good." <laughs> and it and it got worse. It got so bad. I don't know if you're if you are one of the few the 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 chosen um the proud that that were able to read it um because it it got such pushback from the world um liberal conservative uh alike that they they took it off twitter 
and they thought that was good. Actually, they gave a, a response that said, no, no, if you understand the context, uh, this is actually an excerpt from a, from his book that's coming. Yeah, the publisher kind of doubled down <laughs> and, put, and, put, and put the whole first chapter online. They're like, look, here's the context. And, I, and, and, folks, and, folks, and folks read it and are like, that doesn't make it better. That, no. that, doesn't, that doesn't make it better. It was uh, so bad. It was so bad. Ah. I'm trying to think of how much we want to share on this podcast uh, because so he likened he likened uh, the gospel uh, our understanding of the gospel um, kind of like Ephesians five metaphor um, you know uh, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church um, and then he just took that metaphor and he just ran with it yeah it's a little um, uh, and he ran with it in the the little graphic in the bedroom um, in that in that in that sense uh, and it was so. It was it was it was it was gross, um, and I think everyone thought it was gross. Um, <laughs> and but it was like just yeah, they, they defended it. They took it off Twitter, but they're like we, we'll keep it on we'll keep it online. And then they defended it, and then they finally took it down. And I'm just like, I mean, people have talked back and forth around this. Like, who's at fault? I mean, obviously he wrote it, so he's at fault. The publishers, it's like who the editors of the Gospel Coalition, like no one said this is a bad idea. Like everyone was against it, except. Who they vetted it against, and this is what I think. This is like the um, the pitfalls of living in echo chambers when you have people around you saying, "No, it's great, it's great, it's great." Until it finally comes out, and you're like, mm, "Yeah, that that was offensive." It also, uh, you know, it also points to kind of what these, what I think a number of these audiences are hungry for. Mm. Um, so, so you know, so parents, you know, we all we all have to think, we all have to consider kind of how we. How we talk about and and disciple our children to understand uh, particularly human human sexuality, but in in a number of ev- in a number of particularly evangelical spaces, there have been um, like there there's just been a, a number of harmful narratives about about human sexuality that have in many ways pervaded our uh, our communities, and one of them is is a is a kind of one sided is a is a one sided kind of conversation about it. Um, um, Sheila uh, Gregoire's book, The, the Great Sex Rescue, is a, is a great, great book. Um, I think, I, I think I've, talked about it, I've talked about it before, something that I use in my uh, premarital counseling. Mm. But, um, but one of the issues that folks had with this, with this framing is, um, you know, is that, is, that, is that it seems to center all around kind of the man's the man's role in this in this right. in this in this yeah, woman is completely um and, secondary passive yeah right um and and that's and that's there's there's somebody there's somebody who do who 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 tweeted how how tired she was of of hearing about a of hearing about everyone emphasizing the the asymmetry um, and, uh, mm. uh, 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 in sexuality, it was like that's not like that's not the way that it's that's not the way that it's framed in scripture. Like it's a, it's a, it's when, when we when we look at when we look at marriage, and this is and this is one of the points that I that that I that I that I make to to folks even in the premarital counseling is that like the the joy of Christian marriage, what it is is you get you get a you get you get you get you get a man. You get a man and a woman who are seeking to out. Who are seeking to outdo one another in Christlikeness. Mm-hmm. Both of them, like both of them, that's what they're. That's what they're. That's what they're trying to do. That's the message that we then, like, that's the message of the gospel that we send to the world. Is that this is this is a relationship that that other folks are not going to have are often not going to have a framework for because they're used to relationships of of uh, of domination where there has to be somebody in charge for things to work and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um and that's and that's what we're supposed to that's that's what we're supposed to resist. But yeah. 
We should we should do a podcast on. Oh, we will. On, on that. I'm, I'm I'm sure we will. We should do that. That'd be good. Um, That'd be good. For for further thoughts, come in. And we'll um, warn you. We'll warn you beforehand, so you can. Because I know some some of you might have your might have your kids listening to this. We didn't want to do, didn't want to go into do much detail because, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah. But yeah. That's good. Um. All right. Well, let me let me just thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you who have uh, liked, rated, subscribed uh, to the podcast. Uh, again, the the reception is just overwhelming. Yeah. Um. Let me just re- re- read a. Most recent review. This is from uh, someone named uh, looks like E. I. Luzada, um, possibly <laughs> an elder <laughs> at Mosaic. <laughs> gotta pad, gotta pad those reviews, man. E. <laughs> Luzada, uh, challenging and life altering is the title. I am often challenged to think critically about my own life and to evaluate what needs to change in reflection to what Slim and Malcolm have shared. Also, I'm quite amused by Slim's antics and Malcolm's tolerance of his ridiculous behavior. That is our entire podcast. Wait, 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 wait. I, I feel like it's the other way around, that I'm tolerating your uh-huh. antics. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whatever you, whatever you say, Slim. <laughs> whatever you say. Thank you, Evan. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for posting a review. Uh, and so if you guys would, we would love that. That's that's a really helpful way to... to um, contribute to the work that we're doing here and to, to say thank you for what, uh, you know, if any of this is valuable. So thank you. Um, also we had uh, someone write in, um, and this is from Michelle Gonzalez. Uh, and she says, hello. Uh, it has been a joy tuning in each week. I love and appreciate y'all's humor, insight, and wisdom. The sound effects are okay too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we fully swayed her yet, uh, but she's tolerant of that, which, (laughs) you know, we'll take. (laughs) Sometimes that's all you can ask for. Sometimes toleration is all you can ask for. We're going to pause while me and Malcolm talk for a second. (laughs) (laughs) She says, my question. What is the church's role or responsibility in countering or speaking against the extremism found in the Christian church, such as in Christian nationalism and its interaction with political power? I've already shared with Malcolm my faith in the church, not God, has been what has mostly wavered uh, as we see so much oppression, discrimination, violence, and evil in the name of Christianity. What is the church's role in speaking against or holding our own accountable within the Christian faith? Also, thank you, Mosaic, because in this church, I have found what I feel should be taking care of the most vulnerable, fostering authentic community advocacy and striving to love others unconditionally. Mosaic has renewed my hope in the church and to you both. I am grateful. Gracias por todo. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for writing in. That was such a a sweet and beautiful email uh, and great question. Um, Malcolm, do you want to take a, a crack at it first? Uh, there is a There is a quote from... My favorite theologian, Antonio Gonzalez. Uh, he says that in in the in the Christian communities, we have we have we have found a realm within which the most radical of all liberations has already begun, and through them, a thorough transformation of this world finally becomes possible. That is a sentiment that I think a lot of people share, but uh, but the mode by which people seek that that transformation. Uh, mm-hmm. Varies. Mm. We we see uh, you know we see in particularly Christian nationalism a a desire to use the tools of the world to basically to build the kingdom of God. Basically, mm-hmm. is what they're what 
I think some folks will some folks will argue. Um, the way that I the way that I think that the that the scriptures encourage us to live is to um, is to first be a and this goes this goes back to uh, to Harper's question last week. We have to the the Lord has called called Israel and called the uh, uh, and called the church to be on, to be an alternative political, economic, and religious community because the logic of the kingdom of God is not the logic of is not the logic of the of the world. Yep. We most of our experience in church is not that. Most of it is how can we get the stuff that how can we get the stuff that the world has, right. but not say that that's what we're doing. <laughs> Which, hundred percent. Which is why I feel like um, this podcast exists is to, yeah. to be that that space for those survivors. Um, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and so like so so which 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 is background to to I think the specific question of like, hey, like what do we as Christians do when there are all these other people saying that they're Christian doing all this ridiculous like doing all this ridiculous stuff? Yeah, and. And my thing is, okay, like we've got to make sure in our, like we've got to make sure in our communities that those that those assumptions that those assumptions are not present, and we've got to be really explicit about that. So we've got to we we have to we have to actually call it out when we see it, but not just call it out when we see it, but but we but we actually have to we actually have to we actually we actually have to cultivate a different a different kind of ethic and culture. So um, so we have to be. Um, so 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 yeah so there so there are so there are there are there are a few sides there are a few sides to it um you know it's not, it's not to say that we spend all of our time railing against oh those christians over there are doing it wrong or whatever don't don't that's that's not where our effort is best expended our effort is best expended on in the in the christian community that you're that you're that that you're a part of Focus on 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 forming that community into one that is actually faithful to Christ. So forming that community into one that lives as though Christ is King now. Like that's what that's what your primary focus is. Because and this is and this is a Gonzalez. This is a Gonzalez point too. That world transformation happens when you build when you build new structures from 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 below. So it ha- so so because because if we if we focus if we because because. Like I said, part of our part of our witness is being the kind of community that Christ that Christ has empowered by His Spirit, yep. where people can see people will know us by our love. Like yep. that's what that's what we're supposed to be known by. We're not right. supposed to be known by oh well, look at look at how much political power we were able to amass or the laws that we were able to get enacted or whatever. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That's that's not what we're supposed to be known for. And 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 if we if we're actually obedient to Christ to the extent that we're actually known by our love, that's how. That's the kind of that's the kind of transformation and and the kind of evangelization that the world that the world actually that the world actually needs. Yeah. Um, because we can we can use the, the fact that matters is I mean the state the state has has the sword and it's 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 we've 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 done the forced I mean in in history we've done the forced conversion thing before it doesn't end doesn't end well. Um, I mean, it doesn't begin well. The middle isn't good, and <laughs> and the end isn't good. Um, I we're doing I, great. Yeah, it's just yeah. Um, but I think that I think the church's role in any of these circumstances is to is to understand what it means to actually be 
be the church. Um, so here, here when I when I read her question, here here's my first thought that came to mind because this is something that I've wrestled with myself. So um, I won't say what, but there was a a a viral video that that was shared um, a couple weeks ago of a of a local pastor um, saying some some pretty harmful uh, misogynistic things. Um, and I remember when that happened, I remember asking, um, I think you, but I also asked a yeah. few other pastors going, is this something we should speak into? Because mm. um, it, it was so bad yeah. that you felt, we need as a church to be able to, uh, like as a, not like our particular church, but like as the body of believers uh, uh, worldwide, um, we need to be able to condemn this and say, this is not of us. Mm. Um and so part of me wanted to say something about that. And then I, after getting advice from others, they said that that will probably stir up more controversy yeah. that is not as needed. Um, and so some advice from another pastor said, uh, I prefer to go after the, the ideology and the, 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 the broken theology more than the, the person speaking it. And so I think that that's probably the, the, the way to do it. And so as we, we, we talk against um, yeah. things like Christian nationalism, you know, like greed, um, like, misogyny or, you know, unhealthy ways of seeing the world. I think that is a way, the, the way when you're talking about the church, um, because, but I still think you should speak. And so, but that's, I think that's when you're think, uh, speaking on kind of like on a bigger level to, to people you may not know. Um, but to people, you know, I mean, this is where I'm like, I, I it was like a tension. Cause it was like, well, yeah. Paul calls out Peter, um, to his face, but they had apparently had a relationship to do so. Um, and so absolutely, I think we should always be yeah. confronting one another and, and spurring one another on. But as, as Malcolm, as you quoted earlier, that, you know, when Jesus prays in, in John 17, that, that my prayer is not for them alone, but for all those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are me, in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the, the world may believe that you have sent me and so that the world would see us by that oneness, which yeah. <laughs> is such a, def, it's a, such a, a delicate and, and difficult question to ask. It's like, well... Am I aligning myself with that form of Christianity? I don't want to. Um, I want to distinguish that from the rest of the, you know, from the rest. Um, but again, is it helpful? Am I actually winning that person over, um, that pastor over, or am I just declaring my my spot and my stance in this? Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 It's difficult. Yeah. There's a constant. There's a constant temptation to feel like. I think pastors feel this. Too, or like the, you got to draw a line in the sand on 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 everything and anything that happens. Um, I think, especially with especially with that with that with that particular incident. I mean, what what I the way that the way that I think about it is okay. This is indicative of a certain understanding of gender or whatever mm-hmm. that that's prominent in the church. I have to make sure that the way that that the way that our congregation is discipled is in such a way that when they see that, they can see it for what it they can they can see it for what it is. Right. Um and when they see it in their friends, they can also see it for what it is and speak into those yep. circumstances. So like if this was a pastor that I had a relationship with, like that would be that would be a conversation that I would have with them. It would be like, "Hey, saw this but here's here's what here's what I think was going on there, and we could have that we could have that conversation. And there and there were and there were folks that that pastor had had a, had, had around him who um, who actually I think did 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 make that did make that communication. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it there's you know it's 
it's fun to kind of shoot a shot across the bow on 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 Twitter or whatever. Um, but but we have to think in terms of what loving our what loving our neighbors looks like. And for and for most, I think for most pastors, that looks like you loving your congregation. What is it? What are the, what are the ways in which you are discipling your congregation to see that for what it is and to understand what it means to and to understand how to how to how to live in light of the in light of the gospel. So, yeah. And for those in the congregation, for you know Michelle and others who are thinking through this, mm-hmm. um, I do think that's uh, they think. I think thinking of it in the in the in the ways of you know what, who can I. Who can I love and and show there's a different way of of caring for for people this way? If you know if I'm pushing against you know the the greed in the world, if I'm pushing against the racism in the world, rather than just condemning um, this person's racist belief, um, is is showing the love and care that we want to be shown, like like the beautiful community that we want to have seen before us. We want to um, embody that now, and so I think there's a there's two ways of doing that, and I think it's just I think we can we can we can get lost in endless debates um, um with 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 other christians left and right and then i think that that steers our focus off of the the mission there but again i do th- i still think there is also room for prophets to call these things oh, out of so i'm like ah this is a, such a good question michelle i, I feel like it's so, <laughs> 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 ah, so <laughs> i mean let's be honest so the answer you, is y'all know yes <laughs> do it all the time <laughs> Oh, uh, good, good. Well, if we made it more confusing, write in at theology. Hello at theology. We'll probably do a whole podcast. I mean, there there's a whole thing to do on kind of the church and political power yeah. broadly that yeah. we'll we'll do later. It's coming. It's good. We're gonna hit all the big topics. Hmm. All right, y'all. It is time for. The world's greatest debate. Dun dun dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It dun, is dun. time. One day, one day, Slim is gonna actually. <laughs> what was that? One day, Slim is actually gonna figure out how to make the sound effects actually work. You know, stop. <laughs> one day. That day is not today, folks. Testament throwdown. Boom. How much how, how much time do we have for this conversation? So. We have, uh, let's say, 30 minutes. All right, let's do it. All right. Uh, mm, so mm, um, mm. Malcolm uh, emailed me earlier this uh, this week, said this is this is the, the topic of discussion here. Um, which testament is better, the new or the old testament? And I know which I, I know what he's going to be arguing for, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to argue. What you know about, what you know I, about I'm me, gonna, Slim? <laughs> I'm going to argue me. the voice of the people. Mm-hmm. And that is that the New Testament is clearly better. Um, Boo! It has no, been it has been it has been elevated why by Jesus I, Himself. Why would I boo the New Testament? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, here let me give you let me give you my my arguments, and okay. you, you can you can try to rebut if possible. Okay. Um, but. If I were, if I, if I, um, if I met someone who had just become a Christian, mm-hmm. I would not send them to the Old Testament right away. My, my, my first recommendation, if they became a Christian, they say, "Hey, what you know?" I also got a Bible. My first thing would say, "Hey, read the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Read all four of them. Mm-hmm. I think that is a great place to begin because if you want to know who you are worshiping, uh, it is a story of Jesus, and it's most clearly." Uh, displayed in his life and ministry here on earth. Uh, and so it's not just what other people say about God, it's 
God himself. Um, yes, it's being recorded by Luke and Matthew and Mark and John, um, but it is pictures of God himself. And so I think that alone, I think, is a, a strong case, as well as uh, these letters are just easier to understand. These these New Testament letters are just easier to understand. Revelation, not so much. Uh, we we can talk about that, uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, I think those are the, the logic in some of the letters is is easier to understand. Um, but then a case against the Old Testament. Now, I am not saying I'm against the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying what I think most of us are thinking. Mm-hmm. One. And this may be your most important one to overcome, Malcolm. I don't mm-hmm. know if you'll be able to. Is that it's boring? Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. But but that is uh, I mean, but that is an accusation. I, I've mm-hmm. I've talked to many who say I started in Genesis, and by the time I hit Leviticus, it went all downhill. Haters, uh, man. The whole the whole lot of you. Um, <laughs> no, speaking of Leviticus, same thing happened to me. Speaking of Leviticus, until I understood it, um, there are Levitical codes in the Old Testament. True. Um, such as Leviticus 20, verse 9. It says, If there is anyone who curses his father or his mother, he shall surely be put to death. Yep. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood guiltiness is upon him. Yep. And so phrases like this, Uh killing a child for cursing Mm -hmm. his father or mother. Mm -hmm. Now, there's times I've... (laughs) Felt like this Levitical law should be upheld. No, no I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> um, things like that that make you go, I don't get this. It makes mm-hmm. you feel like the Old Testament God is different from the New Testament God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, ex- what's what's what pushes that narrative further is the times in the Old Testament where God seems to be not only condoning but commissioning mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. And yet, you have Jesus who is all about love, right? Mm -hmm. And I know I'm making that facetious there, but he really is. It's like (laughs) the greatest commandment is love God, love your neighbor. Like, Mm -hmm. and so it just, um, it does feel at times as if there is an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. Mm -hmm. Malcolm, tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. (laughs) I mean, it might be, but (laughs) but tell me anyways. (laughs) Um, You know, I think this is an opportunity for for both you and I to... Pastorally care, uh, because I think, I mean, there are a lot of folks who do think this about the Old and New Testament. Yep. You can even go back to Marcion in the second century, who, Ooh, when you, he read... Are you calling me Marcion? No, mm-hmm. but kind of. Um, so, <laughs> so if, if you don't, if you don't know about, if you don't know about, you don't know about Marcion, um, he's a, he's actually a bishop in the second, in the second century. What, what? Um, and he read the Old Testament. And he's like, ah, this God seems kind of mean. Mm. In a nutshell, I'm giving you the giving you the spark notes, <laughs> giving you the spark notes version. Um, but then, but then sees, but then sees, uh, sees Jesus, and he's like, well, whoever the father of Jesus, like whoever the father of Jesus is, like we're talking about a different, we're talking about different, different gods. Yep. And so one of the things that he did was he's like, ah, ditch the ditch the Old Testament, also. Um, we'll pick elements of Luke and some of Paul's letters that actually match up with this, but like that's what the canon of Scripture is supposed to look like. Um, Irenaeus and some other some other leaders of the early church were like, no, 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 like we can't just we can't excise the entire Scriptures. Yep. Um, it's actually it's a, it's actually it's actually it's actually the case that we're we're talking about the same God, the same God all the way through. Um, I think, but 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 here's how I. 
here's how I usually approach that question. Um, it is often framed as in the Old Testament, we seem to see this God of wrath. And in the New Testament, we see this God of grace. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that I think folks really need to understand about both the Old and the New Testament is that both are present in both of the Testaments. Mm. So, so, so even in looking at the love your neighbor as yourself thing, that's a quote from, from, from Leviticus. Um, like these are not new, like these, these, it, 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 the, the, our, our faith doesn't, doesn't, doesn't become one of love in Jesus. Um, and so, uh, but to, but to go with the, but to go with the wrath, the wrath grace thing, looking at the very beginning in Genesis, God tells, God tells Adam and Eve, when you, if you eat from this tree, you're going to die. Um, and then they eat from the tree and he doesn't kill them. Already we have an act, already we have an act of, of, of grace. When we look what at many the, theologians call the proto euangelion, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the first gospel there. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and. I mean, paired so so, even paired with that, the nature of the sacrificial system. So this is this this is one of the great things about 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 Leviticus is to understand the sacrificial system as an act of God's grace. So it's it's the Lord gives the Lord gives the people. Look, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like for you to be for you to be my people. These are the like I. I have to. I have to spell like basically. I've got to. I've got to spell it out. I've got to spell it out for you because we're essentially creating a new kind of society. So mm-hmm. I'm going to spell that out for you. Um, but I also know that you're not going to do it. <laughs> you're not going to do it well. And so I'm going to set up this system for us to be able to maintain relationship. So it's not the kind of thing where well you mess up and I kill you and we're done. It's 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 I know you're going to mess up. So let me let me also set up a system that's going to be one that's going to keep you in this constant state of reconciliation. When you fall, I'm going to pick you back up like that's it's it's the, the, the relationship of God and his people begins largely with him freeing them from Egypt. Like that's that's what the like that's the paradigm that the people of God are supposed to understand themselves in. Yeah. Um, to add to all of that, I mean. The New Testament gains a lot of its bite when you really under when you really understand what's going on what's going on in the uh, 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 in the in the Hebrew in the Hebrew Bible mm-hmm. uh, or the Old Testament as we uh, as we know it. Um, so all the, so so there are there are, there are other examples of um, of of profound grace in the Old Testament. Also examples of wrath of like especially. When the people, especially when the people of God are at like hinge, hinge moments. So whether they just got out of Egypt or just entered into the promised land, like there are these, there are these moments that uh, like, like, like there are these moments where the stakes are really, really high. And, and especially at those moments, you see this, this, this kind of inbreaking of like, of basically God, like killing folks for things that you think, like things that we think are little. So, for example, um, in in Joshua seven, uh, there's this there's this guy named uh, named Achan who who takes who takes goods from uh, from Jericho, and God's been very God's been very clear with these people. He's like, look, when you go in and take a city, destroy everything. Don't take any other don't don't take any other stuff because largely like these like these are things that can lead to idolatry. So he's like, dest- like destroy all of it, and. Um, and so he takes some of it, 
And and God tells God tells Joshua, look, because whoever took this stuff, because I told all of you to do it, unless you find that person, all of the people are under what's called the ban. So basically they become like the like basically like the other nations, they're subject to God's to God's judgment. They find once they find um, once they find Achan, they 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 stone both. I think it's stone. Yeah, uh, him and his and his family. People read that and they're like, "That's that's 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 that that seems that's that seems ridiculous." Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that we have to understand, especially about, um, I mean, one of the reasons why we think that is because we 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 have deeply individualistic understandings of our of ourselves. Mm. Um, and 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 one of the things that the Lord presses throughout the Old Testament is that no 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 like you are a people and so you're responsible not just for yourself but for your brothers and sisters mm. and so when they do when they do things it affects you every time mm. and so and so and so and so that like that that basically the failure of a Khan was also a failure of the community to do what the community was supposed to do. Mm. Um, that's the, now it's, it's still a deeply uncomfortable thing to read, but there is a significant context to it. On the other side, you have what happens to Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts. Yep. Same kind of thing. You're at it. You're at a hinge point where the church has just begun and you're dealing with particularly the sh- like the sharing of property, something that is I think that is that is economically at the root at the root of the Christian ethic. That when people have needs, you you, you fill them. Yeah. And and Ananias and Sapphira lie, mm-hmm. and Peter's and Peter's point there is like, look, you didn't ha- nobody said that you had to share your stuff <laughs> for you to, but 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 you want to keep up. You want to you want you want to keep up the appearance. Of being of being a generous member of the society, and the fact of the matter is, is that that is not going to work in this in this community. And the Holy Spirit strikes them strikes them dead, specifically to make that point clear. Mm. This is a this is a point where the church is forming. This is a point where where no games no games can be played. All of that is to say that you have you have examples and and. And the fact of the matter is that you see more of that in the old, just because more of the Old Testament is narrative. If there was more, I, I think if we had more narrative, if we mm. had more narrative data mm. in the new in the New Testament, I think that I think I think that I think that would actually uh, undermine that argument a little more. Mm. Um, but but you see both, and we, we see we see the examples of of grace of grace in the uh, uh, in the in the New Testament that that a lot of folks are really. Uh, kind of comfortable with and familiar with, but you also have a narrative about, uh, I mean, Gehenna and hell and and judgment that is actually more intense than what you see yeah. in the old in the old in the Old Testament. So yeah. uh, I think in many ways, what Jesus does is Jesus actually ups the stakes mm. rather than rather than lowering them. Uh, so like he'll say things like your righteousness has to extend that of the fair has to has to has to, has to extend beyond that of the Pharisees and the scribes. He's like, oh, like you think. Basically, you think that it's just about kind of these particular rules. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm calling you to yes, those things, but also a deep, but also a deeper actual commitment to them. Yeah. Not just a following of the letter, but an but an actually, but an actual embodying of the spirit, which is actually going to require you to often be creative in the ways that you love your neighbor in ways that you may not like in in, in ways that aren't that aren't kind of 
dictated by scripture. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about this, and this is this this will be the last point, and then I'll and then and then and then it's all you all you slim. But like the culture that we're in right now is not the culture of the scriptures that we read. Which means that the way that we're, which means that our obedience to Christ in this particular culture, economy, whatever, mm-hmm. is is gonna like it's gonna require some creative application. This is what we do in sermons. Like it's just it's you you have to you have to you have sure. to you have to do the you have to do the hard work of figuring out. Okay, this is what this meant in this particular culture. What does that what does that mean for me as somebody who is united to Christ now? In yeah. given given kind of the atmosphere that I'm that I'm that I'm currently in. Um, and, and, and so, so, so yeah, so there's, so there's that, but back to the, but but the last kind of the summary point on the, on the old new Testament thing is that God is, God is a God of, of, of grace, of grace and of wrath in both, in both Testaments, because he is a God of love. And the Mm -hmm. fact of the matter is that wrath, all, all wrath is when we, when we see it is, 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 is an expression of God's love, but in response to sin. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was something that I think I had to learn over time. And I think it's easier to learn, um, when you're in a, when you actually do love someone. Um, so if you have someone in your life that you actually, uh, deeply love, um, I used to think the opposite of love is wrath. Um, but I think another way of seeing it is the opposite of love is apathy. Um, because if, if my son continues to run into a, a very busy street and I do nothing about it and just like, <laughs> it's your choice, man. And he gets hit. Like that was apathy. And that was the opposite of love. That was, I don't care for you. Um, wrath is going, no, <laughs> you will not go in that street. You are coming inside. And the, like, that's where the, the love of and the, what discipline is supposed to be is this restorative process of loving someone to say, no, this, this is, this is going to hurt you. This is this, I, I love you too much to let this happen. And so the opposite of love is just, uh, of, is just apathy is I, I give up on you. And that's uh, a lot of times when you see that the Lord uh, gave people over to their desires. Um, and that was letting them do what they wanted. And that's like the, the scariest, uh, parts in the Bible. Um, and I think I think what I've I've realized over the years. I remember when I was in high school, I, I first learned about. Um, uh, there was a book. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm gonna butcher who it was by. Maybe it was Edmund Clowney or something. But um, it was the the shadow of Christ and the law of Moses. Um, I don't know. That's not Clowney, but that. Uh, but yeah. it, it it was it was it was talking about how you can see the same God in the New Testament all throughout the Old Testament, and it's it's a it's a book about typology. And seeing Jesus uh, at work, and uh, and he was talking about more in the the law of Moses, but expound expanding that to the rest of the Old Testament, seeing uh, these shadows of Christ, um, this trellis of the gospel, Vern uh, Vern Poitras. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, all throughout the Old Testament, it, it, it made the Old Testament come alive to me. I remember going like, mm. oh. It's not boring. <laughs> like, mm. oh, this has more meaning. This isn't just something that's just for this 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 audience right here. This has this has roots in what's coming. The, the reason they have the sacrificial system wasn't just for just for this. It was also pointing to a savior that, that would do that. Now, I also want to go, let's not just, you know, now now that I've I've come along, I've go like, well, let's not just always go like let's jump straight from the Old Testament to the, to, to and, Jesus. And this is a conversation I think that, that we should that we should have because especially in reform circles, yeah, like that's like that's one of the moves to make is like this matters. Basically, this matters because it points to Jesus. Yeah, and and and, and like and that's the point that we all kind of jump 
jump to. Which is still true. It's still true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's like, not the only thing that's true there. And and also, like, I mean, I think about uh, in, in in Westminster when we're asked kind of what the what the scriptures are about. Well, they're about revealing to us who God is and what God and what God requires of us. Mm-hmm. And like, and the old and and really, you find a lot more ethical content in the Old Testament than you do in the New because. Most of the New Testament writers assume that you have access to it um, because they they did like that's that was their that and, was their background. And the New Testament writers are and Jesus himself yeah. is consistently quoting the Old Testament, oh, yeah. like left and right. And yeah. so when we when we when we put a wedge between the, the as we've kind of facetiously done with this podcast between the old and the new, um, it, it it ignores that fact. That the New Testament writers are constantly, Jesus himself is constantly quoting the Old Testament left and right, sometimes in weird ways. And you're like, how did you make that application? <laughs> That's another conversation. He's Jesus. He can do it. Uh, it's like but, general. <laughs> but so like that, that was one way that, that made me start to love the Old Testament. And then mm-hmm. I, I think now that I've now, you know, that was back in high school. So as, as, as years have gone on, I've been able to go, okay, also not just that it points to Jesus, but there's also beautiful amounts of grace in the Old Testament. So as we just talked about, you know, the, the opposite of love not being uh, wrath, it's apathy. The times when you do see some of the wrath in the Old Testament, um, when you see God um, wanting justice to roll down like 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 mighty rivers, um, is I think it's forcing us to go like, okay, so God is angry about something. And he's angry about, uh, a lot of times, about Israel's tolerance for, for great evils to persist in their midst and to, to be joining in those evils. And so because he loves his people so much, he doesn't want them to continue to go down that path. And that's where I, 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 it's, it's forced mm-hmm. me to go, there's a lot of beautiful grace in the, New, in the Old Testament as well, and as well as a lot of beautiful grace and, and, and um, you know, we call judgment in the New Testament as well. Like, like I agree. It's, so you have one God over the old, old and the new. I still think I'd probably tell a new Christian to read the Gospels first. I am. I mean, I probably would. I probably would too. Because that's just. I mean, because like, because there, because there's also the point. It helps um, you understand the old. I think. Yeah, I was talking to. Um, I also wanted to do this 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 podcast for you, Noah, uh, man. Uh, shout out, shout out, shout out to you if you're if you're if you're listening. Um, <laughs> oh, see, no, I, I lost my, I lost my train of thought now. See, <laughs> sorry, found it. Um, Great. The reason why we care about the scriptures is because Jesus got up from the dead. Because if Jesus didn't get up from the dead, then I don't, I don't care. Yep. I, I don't. Not only do I not care, but and not only does it not matter, but I've been wasting my entire life. <laughs> Um, and that's, and like, that's not like a, like, that's not like a Pascal's wager kind of thing. Like, that's what Paul says in, in first Corinthians 15. If yep. Jesus, if Jesus didn't get up from the dead, we're still in our sins and we're of all people most to be pitied. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he, if he did, he said this kind of stuff about the scriptures. So we have to treat them. So we have to treat them in that, in that, in that, in that, in that way. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely, I, I, I would also start with the gospels because the fact of the matter is, is that often, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's through an encounter with Christ that, that, that the, that the, you know, that the, that the, that, that the Holy Spirit kind of begins to, begins, begins to work in you. And often that, you know, often that happens through the, mm-hmm. through the, through the Gospels. Yeah. Um, and there's, just, there, there is, there's, there's some beauty, 
um, in the Old Testament that we, if we just skip over, we, we miss out on. I mean, the the range of emotions in the Psalms, oh, yeah. um, and just you know the amount of of praise, but also lament and mourning and grieving and anger that are, are present there. That's all the emotions that humans have uh, are found there. Um, and then just like the, kind of the wisdom that's found in Proverbs, you know, these things. There's just, there's so much beauty uh, all over it, and it's it's epic. It's hilarious. Mm. Also, also gruesome though. So we, like, we forget that too. the amount of humor guy has. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, I I think about this with with Jesus and John because Jesus is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but there are there are there are humorous moments in the scripture, but there's also, I mean, moments of of profound brutality because what you because because what you're seeing is is the wide range of the human experience. Yeah. Like. A society, in order to function well, like needs laws. So you see laws. Like it needs it needs narratives about its own. Like it needs narratives about its own beginnings and and where who they who they are, where they're going, and and and, and all those kinds of things. And those and those are the things that you find. Those those are the things that you find uh, uh, in the Old Testament. You also find kind of God God framing what His salvation looks like. So that you, so that when you, see, so that when you read it in the new, you get a new when you when you see what Jesus does, you get a you get a new appreciation for how how comprehensive the salvation that Christ offers yeah. really is. Yeah. Um. Not just not just not just spiritually, but like but but materially. Yeah. Like like when you understand that the that the that you know in Deuteronomy 15, God tells the people like there don't need to be. Any poor people in your midst, if you do all the stuff that I'm going to tell you, if you do all the stuff I'm going to tell you to do, and then and then you see in the New Testament, hmm. in Acts, in Acts, in Acts four, yeah. we're told that the as and this is the like I said, this text is constantly on my mind, so I'm going to keep bringing it up. But in but it, but in Acts four, in Acts four thirty three and thirty four, we're told that there that God's grace was so powerfully at work among them that there were no needy people among them. Like yeah. it's just like you 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 see like these promises these promises continue and they're and and they don't just have spiritual consequences they also have they also have profoundly material consequences as well. So I think it you know keeping those two bound tightly. I think keeps us from. I mean, one of the things that keeps us from doing is from is from divorcing the spiritual and the uh, uh, and the material, um, because this is like this this is another thing that that Marcion had an issue with, mm. and a lot of the Gnostics too, because they're like you read the Old Testament, they're like this is this is way too fleshly, too mm. too material. It's mm. too it's too there's too much like it's just too it's it's gross to get into all this materiality and all this kind of stuff. We we need to look to we we're looking to a higher more spiritual yeah. plane, which is like what the Gospel of John is talking about, and all this. Kind you know of who stuff. would like that? Jordan Peterson. Look, <laughs> 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 I went back to some terrible tweets, which I think you engaged with on, on him, where he, oh, he said there's nothing Christian about social justice. Oh yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was going off of uh, Pope Francis's command or a tweet that says, you mm-hmm. know, social justice demands that we fight against the causes of poverty, inequality, and the lack of labor, land, and lodging against those who deny social labor rights. I did tweet about that. Yeah, that was great. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> You're like in full agreement on the Pope on this one. I did say that. And then your fa- and then this is this is a, a Malcolmism. Um, yeah. He's gonna have his own Malcolmism. Uh, Malcolmism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that salvation is what? Salvation is personal, communal, and cosmic. That yeah. is Vaticism question number one. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so go yeah. back to that 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 mm-hmm. salvation is personal. It is communal. It is cosmic. So it's not just me and God. It's me and, and my my brothers and sisters around me, and yeah. it's and it's around the world. Um, kind of emphasizing what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But let me let me let me, without just putting a bow on this. Let me go back because no, I, 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 I still think there's a question. Mm-hmm. I want you to answer your own question first, and then you so can... so Jesus. He he tells us to turn the other cheek when someone slaps us. Yep. And yet, we have the Old Testament where it appears that that God is condoning and commissioning violence. How do we reconcile that? How do you reconcile it, Slim? Mm. So I've been I've been reading different theologians' thoughts on this. So I can mm-hmm. I can give you ideas. I don't know where I stand yet. Um, That's okay. And and so here here here's my thought because. Um, this is the as we said, like God, you know, He loves people, but uh, is it love to to you know to wipe out a whole nation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say that's not love um, to those people. You could say that's love to this this group, this nation over here. Um, here's 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 how I, I, I'm thinking about it. Um, when 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 God allows humans to have that free will to to make um, to make decisions like, like, like murder, mm. um, he is not. He is not condoning it. He is not the author of sin. He is not mm. pushing that forward. He is the God who says, you know, turn the other cheek. Um, mm. And so when when humans do do that, he's allowing these things to happen. Now you could say, well, why? This is going to like the problem of evil, going all the way back to the garden. Sure. Why did he allow yeah. the, the, the snake in the garden? Yeah. Um, and so I think he's allowing that. He's not pushing it forward. He's allowing humans to do that. Um, and you could say, well, but what about the the way it's written, that sounds like God is the one doing it, and that's where I think it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> so this is good. Let's 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 press this. Let's 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 press this then, because this is this this is I think another one of the things that that this always comes down to, at least in old New Testament conversation, is it comes down to in some ways the question of uh, of genocide. Uh, God tells the people of Israel to kill all of the like all the Canaanites to right. take their land. Right? Is that bad? That's the question. <laughs> Personally, if I saw someone murder another person, I would say that seems to be bad. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. So, but that, but that's not the, but that's not the question. So, right. The so, question that people have is like, so, is so the, the, different thoughts. Uh, I, I heard a, a theologian talk about this in a way. It says um, people are now the the authors there are being influenced by the culture they live in, as then they 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 interpreted God. Did say that, but God did not tell them to do that. Really? Yeah. Is that do you do you buy that? I didn't buy it. I was just like, that's that's one answer to the conundrum that I'm having. I don't want I don't want multiple answers. I want to know what you think, Slim. So I'll, I'll I, I've not Look, landed. You want, you want me to put you want to be you want me to put myself on the chopping block to tell you what I think? <laughs> yeah, Malcolm. Back when I was in, so this is in my MDiv, did a class on uh, on Joshua right after I learned. Right after I learned Hebrew, jumped right into uh, an exegesis class on uh, on Joshua. Okay, and and wrote uh, wrote a little bit on kind of basically on on holy war in that in that context. Um, first of all, unequivocally, the Lord is not telling you to kill people now. Like it's just, you you do you have no that I'm gonna let me just say that completely out completely outright. But he did. Uh, if the if the Lord is if if you think the Lord is telling you to kill somebody, you will. I I suggest that you seek um, that you seek uh, mental health. Um, 
and I mean that, I mean that, I mean that, uh, uh, completely seriously. Um, I, but, um, but I do think that I, like, I don't have it, like, it makes me uncomfortable, sure, but I don't have a, I don't have a moral, I, I don't have a moral issue with God telling the people of God to do that, to take the land that he, that he, that he, that he promised to them. Because my thing is that God is the, like, God is the arbiter of life. So we only live as long as God wants us to. So if God utters a judgment on people, that is a just judgment. So similar to what we see in Isaiah, when, when, when God utters judgment on the nations and says, you know, this stuff is going to happen to you. Like what, 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 even though they're like, he's, he's using, like he uses Babylon and uses Assyria to do, to do this kind of stuff in this, in, in particular, in particularly Joshua, he is, he is using Israel as an, as an instrument, as an instrument of his, of his justice. And so, and so what, so when I like, so, so for me, when I see that, when I see that narrative, um, what I, what I see is, what I see is, okay, the Lord, the Lord has uttered judgment. His judgment is always right. And so that's what, so that's what, so that's what, so, so that's what happens there. But also it has a very particular, it has a very particular purpose because for the people to, to be a kingdom, to be the kingdom of God or whatever, like they need, they need land. Like it's just it's it's a it's a practical necessity for right. you to for you to be a, for you to be a people for you to, for you to be a people that's going to function in the way that God calls His people to function. You need land in which to do it, um, and they do it all like they they mess up throughout the like right. throughout right. this whole time. Right. But but they need but they need but they need land but they need land to do it. Um, and so so I think those are I think there are like a number of those elements feed in feed into that. And do you um, think do you think when God uh, tells them to to take out the Canaanites to mm-hmm. to eradicate them. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's? Uh, you think it's um, hype, hyperbolic uh, in the sense of eradicate every man, woman, and child, mm-hmm. or do you think it uh, that's like, hey, we just mean like, I mean, all of them, the, or all of them, kind uh, of in that, in that yeah. Way. Well, I mean, I th- I think about the way that it's framed in Deuteronomy because because one of the things like this, and this is also why the Old Testament is so is so important. Because because we have to understand we have to understand not only not only the why but the fact that actually the scriptures are very clear about the kinds of temptations that actually engaging in that work will create. So he's like, look, I'm not giving you this land because you're awesome. I'm also not telling you to like I'm also not telling you to wipe these people out because you're great and they're not. What I'm what I'm saying is I, like I have allowed their sin to reach a to reach a to reach a peak. Mm-hmm. And so really the the way that it's framed in the scripture is like this is actually an act of mercy for the land and for the world. Mm. And that's something we're very we we would be very like we're very uncomfortable with saying that but but yeah. that's just what that's yeah. what the tech that like yeah. that's 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 the way that it's that's the way that it's framed. Yeah. Now and and none of this because because the other thing is like we're we're very eager to be like okay well like what does this mean for me what does this mean for me that's not the question here the question is mm-hmm. for the people at this time who are who are beginning who are beginning a community they need to understand who their god is and who god has called them to be 
and 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 in this and in this instance, one of the things that the Lord is communicating to them is, look, I take sin very, very seriously. Yeah. I take I take seriously how it affects you. I also take seriously how how, how it affects creation. Mm. Because it is not just about you and your personal relationships or whatever. Yeah. It's it's also about land. Like this is like this is the other thing about about <laughs> about land. Um, I made a comment in, uh, in a past sermon that we we've just culturally we're very divorced from from the land because we just see it as as a commodity to be to be bought and sold rather than like an actual source of life. And yeah. so and so when yeah. we read the scriptures, when we think about land, like we're thinking about life. Um, and so um, and so that's so so that's another thing. It, go, it even goes back to the to how we understand the doctrine of election. Folks can see the doctrine of election oh, as a, as an as an opportunity to affirm their own superiority and stuff like that. And throughout the scriptures, God is very, very clear. No, no, no. I chose you because I chose you. Like that's the extent to which you can <laughs> reason about it. Um, yeah. And, 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 but, but another reason was, is because I, I want you to be a beacon to the nations because I'm not choosing you at the expense of them. I'm choosing you for their sake. Yeah. And that, like that, that framing is something that when you when you read the Old Testament, that's a framing that you see over and over and over again. So then, when you read something like Romans nine through eleven and stuff like that, and are thinking about election, that's not the only interaction with election that you have. You have this you have this broad tradition of of God calling His people not just so they can be awesome, but so that they can be a beacon to the nation, so that the be so, so that ultimately at the end you have what what. What Isaiah describes in Isaiah two and Micah does in Micah four, where you have where you where you have the mountain of God that the nations are streaming to, because because what because 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 they're because they're because they're a beacon of the goodness of the rule of the rule of God, mm. um, like that's the context through which I think we understand um, uh, a lot of what goes on, particularly in in Joshua. It's still uncomfortable. It, yeah, it's yeah. still uncomfortable. And I think I think. What you're hearing here, uh, dear listener, um, <laughs> that we've taken uh, a little over, well, I guess for this conversation, a little over 45 minutes to, to discuss, um, is the the amount of complexity, the amount of uh, yeah. different thing uh, angles uh, that you need to be, be able to consider and read through. And yet, I still think there is some mystery for us to uh, go. Okay, well, I don't know that that is difficult to hear. Um, you know, there's a there's a Hosea passage, uh, Hosea 13 that that. That's rough. Um, that is hard to hear and go. Ooh, that doesn't sound like the God I know. Um, and 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 so just, I think the beautiful thing about the Christian life is you don't you you don't arrive um, day one and go. I've I've got it all. I figured it all. It's a it's a a long journey. Um, and I think there's uh, as we've 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 shared on the podcast, you know, different things we've you know. Changed our minds on and agreed, uh, still agree with, and and as we've grown, and so I just think there's there's thing there's things to encourage you on this walk as you're wrestling with some of these these difficult topics. Um, but I do think as we go back to kind of the the beauty of the Old Testament, there is a lot of beauty in there. There's there are some complicated things, but there's complicated things in the New Testament as well. I think for us to that you need to be in a community to to talk through. So just like you know the complications over you know women in leadership that we've talked through and like. If I wasn't in a community, I don't think I would have been able to 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 get there. And so it's just, this is why I think the scriptures in general were meant to be heard and were meant to be discussed in a community. And so I think it's just really helpful uh, to to find that community, whether that is your your local church uh, or 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 group of believers, to to 
go back and forth on these and ask ask tough questions with one another because I think that's where God sharpens us. Um, and so, let me just add one oh. a few a few words of few words of Jesus oh. in in Luke thirteen one. Yep. Some folks come to some folks come to Jesus and tell him about uh, what the text says. Uh, tell tell him about the Galileans whose whose blood Pilate had had mixed with their sacrifices. Basically, Pilate kills a bunch of kills kills a bunch of Galileans in the middle of a basically a worship service. Mm. And and the expectation is for Jesus to like cry out against the injustice of it and stuff like that. And Jesus' response is, "Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish." Which is which mm. is basically which is basically <laughs> him saying, look, 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 I know you want me to say that like that's horrible, but like fact of the matter is is that if you don't repent, you're gonna die that way too. Like that, like, <laughs> like, like which is to say, like 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 the, what 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 the Lord is con- what the Lord is concerned with is whether or not <laughs> is whether or not you'll basically ba- basically your allegiance your your allegiance to him. And that's not, but not like out of fear thing. He's, he's like, look, true joy is actually found with me. True strength is actually found with me. True joy, all these things. Mm. When you, when you try to go, when you, when you, when you, when you try to go in other directions, it leads to your destruction. And I don't want that for you. Mm. And so it doesn't like, it doesn't do me any good to talk about, Hey, well, look, look at the benefits of you going in all these other different directions. No, like just, (laughs) just, just be all in. Be all in with the Lord. That's my. That's my. That's my just main, just main counsel to anybody listening. Just be all in with the Lord mm. because that's where it's where the source of of real joy, yeah. real lasting strength, real yeah. lasting stamina. Because you're going to constantly come into contact with evil, and you're and you're going to need you're going to need strength to be able to just live live day by day. Um, and one of the things that I think the scriptures in, encourage us is that a life of repentance and of deep of deep solidarity in the community of Christ. Like that's the only way that that's, that's, that, that's the only way that, that actually lasts. Wow. Man, that's good. That's good. That's good. Y'all. We, uh, we covered a lot of topics here today. Woo! We talked about Malcolm. I mean, we, we had some buzzwords in there. We talked about oh, pre- yeah. predestination. Oh yeah. We talked about marriage. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we kind of mm-hmm. danced around it, uh, inerrancy. Uh, so these are topics <laughs> I think we should, we should cover up in, it's coming. in, in the future podcasts. And so if you have questions about those or other things, please write in hello at theologypieces.com. You can find us on Instagram um, or engage with us uh, on Twitter or just in person. Um, We'd love to see you if you're around in the Waco area. Um, But if you're from afar, check in, write in. Uh, And as always, the best way to support this work is to give a rating and a review. So if you found any of this helpful, would you be willing to leave a review or to share it with someone who may also benefit from this? Thanks, team. Thanks, y'all. Sorry, it was super long <laughs> today, but maybe that made your trip, your workout a little bit easier. We'll talk to you later. Bye.